humans don't like change. Mm-hmm. Puppies don't either, right? Mammals don't like for things to change. The three biological human imperatives are to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and to put it elegantly, never friggin' change ever. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know we are determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And joining me today is Victoria Albina. She's a certified life coach, a UCSF-trained family nurse practitioner, and breathwork meditation guide with a passion for helping women realize that they are their own best healers so you can break free from codependency, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and reclaiming your joy. Nothing any of us have ever experienced. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) She's the host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast and holds a master's degree in public health from Boston University School of Public Health and a BA in Latin American Studies from Overland College. She's been working in health and wellness for over 20 years, and I'm pleased to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, this topic, right? Stress, codependency, people-pleasing. How did you make that the focus of your life coaching and some of the work you've been doing? Yeah. I mean, we can, we can go back to 1979. Um, <laughs> we way back. So. It was a blustery Friday in Argentina and I was born. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, you know, um, healing codependency, perfectionism, and people pleasing has been a huge part of my own personal journey. Uh, and really wanting to do this work started in the clinic. So as a primary care provider for many years, I had a private practice in Manhattan uh, doing functional medicine. And I started to see trends. I started to see patterns where my patients, particularly those with chronic medical concerns, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, hypothyroid, chronic depression and anxiety, adrenal fatigue. I mean, I could go on and on, right? I started to see this mindset that was predominant right? That that sort of reigned supreme amongst my clients, uh, my then patients of putting themselves last, sourcing their worth from everyone else, doing things they didn't want to do to keep other people happy with them, not having healthy life supporting boundaries, really being scared to say no because they were worried that other people wouldn't like them. And that mattered more than liking themselves. I really started to see the, the thread through, which was codependent thinking. And so is that, is that female dominant? Is that what you were saying? That it was mainly females? Or? I was mostly seeing it in human socialized as women. Yeah. Cause I think it's part and parcel of our socialization and our conditioning, right. To be uh, that, that good girl and then to be the good wife and the good right. mother and right. Put ourselves last, last, right. last. Yeah. yeah. We're, so we're, so how does this affect the physical body? So you've got this attempt to be the good girl, the good wife, the good mother, the good, whatever, you know, um, what's happening to us physically and physiologically. Yeah. So this is where 
I might nerd out about polyvagal theory of the nervous system. Do it. If you're, Do it. If you're I, ready, get your safety the, goggles on. Here we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the audience has already heard, and I'm speaking, yes, I am speaking for all of you listening and sure. watching, but you guys have already heard the words cortisol. You've already heard the word stress. You've already heard the words adrenal fatigue. You've right. heard for me, superwoman syndrome and burnout. Um, let's get into the science. Let's do it. Oh, I love talking about this stuff. So when we really pull back and look at our nervous system, uh, well, let's talk about polyvagal theory. So it is the work of Dr. Stephen Porges. If people want to nerd out about it more, um, there's several episodes of my podcast, Feminist Wellness, all about it. And Deb Dana is a social worker, so she puts it into plain English. And so this is the understanding that our nervous system has the these three branches, um, the sympathetic nervous system, which we've probably all heard about before, which is fight or flight or flee. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we believe a lion is coming to eat us and our village and everyone we've ever loved. And we best book it on out of there because we're small, right. right? Like I'm not going to punch a lion in the nose. Are you? Mm-mm. No, thank you. Me? No, like, no, no, of course no. not. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're like, absolutely not, not, not available for that. Right. Thank you very much. So we have sympathetic activation which is an adrenaline-based uh, state. A cortisol is also part of that state as one of our stress hormones. Uh, at the other extreme, we have dorsal, which is the freeze state, which is shut down. That uh, folks I feel have heard less about, and that's when the foot is all the way off the gas. We're not getting the adrenaline we need. We're not getting that get up and go because our bodies are exhausted. Our bodies have put out so much stress hormone over so much time. But in a way, it's just said basta, right? Like I'm done with you. I'm done with giving you all this adrenaline and this cortisol. It hasn't saved us yet. And so we go into what's called this feigned death response in the literature. It's when we get really small and we get quiet, we get withdrawn, we isolate, right? We just want to watch Netflix and be left alone. So sympathetic looks like anxiety and dorsal looks like depression. In the middle is the human home, is ventral vagus. Mm -hmm. And so that's where our nervous systems want to be because we're pack animals. We want to connect with each other. We want to to have that human connection and foster significance, take care of each other in loving ways that are based in mutuality. We want to show up for each other and show up for ourselves. And we can best do that from ventral vagus. When our bodies pausing. Sympathetic, sympathetic, pew pew, anxiety, palpitation, sweaty palms, put on the gas, ruminating, not sleeping, blah blah blah, worrying, yeah, poor soul, depression, shutdown, isolation. These are areas of the brain or different nerve centers that are getting activated. Right. So these are the three branches. Of the of the nervous system. Okay. The autonomic or automatic nervous system. Right. And this system luckily is automatic because I don't how long would you survive if you had to think about your heart rate? Right. Not long. Right. (sighs) About one heartbeat, and then I'd get distracted. I'd be like, wait, what happened, squirrel? Right. So this is an automatic system and it's governed by the vagus nerve, which is the 10th cranial nerve, the longest nerve in the human body. And it runs through the middle of us and enervates or gives nerve function to everything along its path. Right. Okay. Got it. Then the middle is the ventral. And that's homeostasis almost. Yeah, that's okay. our yeah, that's our set point. That's where we want okay. to get back to. Gotcha. We need some sympathetic to be able to get up when the alarm goes off, put on pants, go put the kettle on. Yep. We need some dorsal or there's no shavasana. Right. Right. There's no calm. There's no reading a book on the porch. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So this is a spectrum. 
and we can get stuck in the extremes. And we've all met people who are like constantly anxious and constantly worried. And we've had periods in our life where we're worked up or we're just shut down. Right. Right. And so when we're in ventral vagus, everything along the middle of the animal is getting optimal nerve function and thereby everything is flowing appropriately. Our thyroid, our heart rate, our breathing, the movement of the diaphragm, our digestion, our reproductive function. Mm-hmm. When we're in the extremes and that's our predominant state, that stuff stops working because it should. Another question for you. If you were being chased by a lion, would you want your body to stop pumping blood to your heart and your lungs, your fists and your feet so it can digest a cheeseburger? No, absolutely No, not. thank you. Right? <laughs> like, that's I will be the cheeseburger. Exactly. <laughs> Anyhow, very shortly. But exactly. so how do we stay in this ventral space? How do we yeah. stay in that middle space? And do we enter the world? you know, with everything that's happening in utero, are we already entering the world in one of these extremes? Unfortunately, you know, there's, there's so much we can look to, to, it's a complex field, but epigenetics, we can look to everything that happens, like you said, in utero, um, we can come in, we can come into the world stressed. Hmm. And really our, our programming, uh, the steady state for our nervous system gets set uh, in utero and ages zero to seven, that's when our brains are in theta state. We're most receptive. Uh, we can look to Bruce Lipton for further work on this, the biology of belief. His work is, is there's so much in there. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is when our story about what's normal in our physiology and relationally between ourselves and other humans, that's when that gets set into motion. Mm. And so that's why, you know, my patients were coming into the office in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, not recognizing how much codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing thinking were just part and parcel of their lives. Mm. And they were not able to see, because we're not educated on these things, right? It's not their fault, but they weren't able to see how the, the mindset that kept them in chronic sympathetic activation or chronic dorsal, the chronic disconnection from self we were not taught to see how that impacts our thyroid, our period, our digestion, our oxygenation, our immune system, our endocrine system. I mean, on and on. It's wild. We should be learning this in kindergarten. Yeah, we should. So how though do we come back? Well, no, first let's get Mm. more of the science. Like, so tell us like how, you know, for somebody out there listening, who's wondering why their thyroid's all goes off or why they're in estrogen dominance or why they can't lose weight. Talk us through the science of this mindset and that these hormone imbalances, how do, how do those worlds collide? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of complexity there. Right. And I just want to name that, uh, this isn't happening within a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. So, so much of my own medical issues over the years, we're due to being in these mindsets and the result in nervous system state, the nervous system state and the result in mindset. But I also had a parasite. Like mm-hmm. I had blastocystis mm-hmm. hominis. Yeah. I right. But I was also in the perfectionist people pleasing habit of overworking to prove my worth, right. over serving to try to keep others happy with me, over functioning in right. every relationship. I would only date people who seem to not be able to find the the laundry hamper. Right? right. So I was constantly picking up socks from the living room and being really pissed off about it yeah. instead of speaking up and, you you know, setting healthy boundaries or leaving the relationship. Right. Right. So that mindset piece was keeping me. I'd walk into the door of the apartment. Dinner wouldn't be made. There'd be socks everywhere. 
right? And I would get dysregulated. Mm-hmm. My nervous system would go to 27 on a zero yeah. to 10 scale, yeah. Yeah. right? And all that sympathetic activation, I could feel it in my body, that whoosh flood of adrenaline. And in that moment, my already compromised thyroid and, and digestion were taking a hit, right? So then I'd sit down to dinner in that activated state, right? I'd cook dinner angry. I'd make the meal angry. I'd serve it angry, right? And then no wonder I couldn't digest it properly. No yeah. wonder I ended up with SIBO, a small intestine bacterial overgrowth. The migrating motor complex in the small intestine has no interest in functioning, in, in creating that electromagnetic pulse that moves food through yeah. when you're pissed off while you're eating, right. while you're sad, while you're eating, while you're not yeah. grounded in yourself. Right. Right. So, <sighs> so how yeah. then it's so hard to recognize mm. that you're in that state. Totally. And then the big follow-up question is how do you unwind yourself from that state? Yeah. So we start to recognize it by stepping into being our own witness and to really deciding one day that we want to live a different way and recognizing that that doesn't start with taking action. It doesn't start with leaving the relationship. It doesn't start with no longer cooking dinner or setting the boundary. It starts with witnessing. So bearing non-judgmental witness to your own mind and to your own nervous system, Mm. right? So when you walk up to the apartment, I'm about to open the door. What are my habitual thoughts here, right? To hell with this guy who's sitting on the couch eating hummus when I just did worked a full day as a primary care provider, got the groceries, right. planned the meal. Right. Right. And they're watching reality TV. Right. <laughs> right. Like to hell. This may or may not be my last re- big relationship to it. See, but here we go. Um, right. So what am I thinking? And then checking in somatically with my body. Right. What state is my nervous system in as I walk up to the door? Obviously sympathetic to start with, right? Sympathetic for years in this example, this random example I'm making up, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, right? Obviously sympathetic. My heart's racing. Like you said, my palms are sweaty, right? I don't feel grounded. I'm not present in my body. I'm not present to myself as an animal. I'm swimming in my head. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts are. So then you pause outside the door and you write the thoughts down, right? Because what swims in your head is what you ruminate on. And when you get it onto paper, you can witness it, Mm. right? And from there, you can, you can meta think, you can think about your thinking and you can ask yourself, what does this make me feel? Angry, annoyed, irritated, taken advantage of on and on in this example. What are the actions I take from this feeling? Well, I open the door full on sympathetic, and then I go into, to, being a nag, which is different than asking for your needs to be met, right? It's that clawing, grasping, demanding energy, right? I go into that energy, right? And then I do all these actions from that energy. And what do I create for myself? What are the results that this will create in my life? Not for them. For me, it's going to create a bellyache before I even have dinner. Mm -hmm. It's going to create all this adrenal impact, right? Of course, I'm not going to sleep well. And of course, I'm going to wake up fatigued and I'm going to be behind on my charting tomorrow. And I'm going to come home exhausted and do it all again. Right. So we start by bearing witness. And from there, we have to step into allowing, right? Allowing that inner part of us to rage, to be annoyed, to have its feelings so that it can be heard. 
from there, we need to accept that there's a part of us that in its way is comfortable in this chaos or we wouldn't still be in it, right? That takes us back to zero to seven. Our nervous systems got set to when I am treated this way, that's what's normal. It's normal. It's what happens, right? Makes sense. So then we, wow. we accept it. We tolerate it as adults because our nervous system, our inner children, our limbic system believe it's just fine. Thank you. Though it feels terrible. It's the terrible right. we're used to. Right. And so to nerd on that again, humans don't like change. Mm -hmm. Puppies don't either. Right. Mammals don't like for things to change. The three biological human imperatives are to seek pleasure, avoid pain and to pull it, put it elegantly, never friggin change ever. Mm. Right. Because what you've been doing that totally sucks and is garbage and hurts you, it hasn't killed you yet. Setting a boundary. I don't know. It might kill me. Mm. I've never done it before, right? It wasn't modeled for me in childhood. It doesn't feel safe in my nervous system. All this, it feels safe. I hate it. I hate my life, but safe enough. So that's why we constantly are attracted or seek these higher, more stressful situations because they feel yeah. better. Because, totally. of, you know, right? right. In the nervous or a career. Totally. Yeah. totally. In the nervous system world, we call it reenactment, mm -hmm. where the nervous system is trying to reenact a past experience with the hope that this time, this time, there'll be a different outcome. If we take the same actions, hmm. I think there's a law of physics about that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we know how that's gonna not right. work out. Right. Right. And so it's really only once we've witnessed, allowed, and accepted that then we begin to take action. Hmm. Witness allowed. And what was the last one? Accepted. Accepted. Yeah. Cause we beat ourselves up. Right. Right. Oh, why am I thinking this way? I shouldn't be behaving this way. I should, I should be different. This should yeah. be different. Yeah. Right. We get so mean. Yeah. And negative self-talk comes right? over, and over and over again. Oof. All right, guys, I have to get honest with you. And some of you know my story, so this may not come as a surprise, but believe it or not, I used to suffer from horrific acne. That's right. Cystic acne kind of on my jaw and my chin, tiny little comedones or little follicles that got plugged up all over my forehead and my cheeks. And it really was a part of spurring me into the world of integrative and holistic medicine to find the root cause and to really get answers. I spent so much money, I can't even imagine how much, on skincare products, procedures, trying to get rid of my acne. And while I did have to work from the inside out, everything I tried topically only made my skin worse. That is why I'm so excited to share with you Glad Skin products. Glad Skin products are gentle, effective, and most importantly, they work on the fundamental cause of acne, which is the microbiome. Glad Skin is made up of a protein called microbalance. This revolutionary protein helps to restore the natural balance of the good and bad bacteria that live on the skin. The Glad Skin Blemish Gel works without harsh ingredients, so it's actually really gentle versus everything I used to try from day one. And Glad Skin products, believe it or not, have been helping people in Europe for years and are now available in the US. Plus, there's a 60-day guarantee. So. I don't want you guys to suffer. I want you guys to try this right now. Gladskin is offering our listeners 15% off 
plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash Dr. Taz. Again, that's gladskin.com slash Dr. Taz for 15% off plus free shipping, gladskin.com backslash Dr. Taz, D-R-T-A-Z. Check it out, try it out. Let me know what you think. Acne should be a distant dream. All right, superstars, let's talk about this next product. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was looking for a way, honestly, to support my liver and really not being able to stick to my own personal rule of a green smoothie every single day. Just got busy, would forget it. It spilled in the car. I don't know how many times. Now I've been on Athletic Greens for about, I think it's been about eight weeks or so, and I love it. It has a great taste to it. It doesn't have that sort of bitter green taste that a lot of the green powders have. And it has a, almost like a tropical sort of scent and taste to it. And I actually look forward to it every morning. So let's talk about Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens all to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, so much more. Of course, it's anti-aging. And I love making it a part of my morning routine. I feel like, and I've talked about this before, right? I feel like that morning or that evening is the critical time to get some of the stuff in. Otherwise, we get busy and distracted throughout the day. So I take it first thing in the morning, maybe mix in a little bit of water or add it to some of the other powders that I do and just have this superpower drink to help me get through my day. And I noticed that it really helps my energy, my skin, my gut health. And most importantly, I'm really worried about the liver, right? We have this load of toxicity in our environment, and I'm really trying my hardest to get those greens in to lower that. I love it because for those of you who ask me what multivitamin should I take, but then you don't want to swallow a pill, this is a great option. You know, one scoop contains less than one gram of sugar, has tons of, you know, micronutrients in it. And it's a micro habit with really big benefits and it supports better sleep, uh, better recovery overall, better mental clarity. And it's one of the things you can do for yourself that are easy and inexpensive. In fact, the founder started Athletic Greens really because he was looking for an option for his own gut health and didn't want to take a bunch of pills and really wanted to develop something that was easy to do and relatively inexpensive. So he created Athletic Greens to have an all-in-one nutritional experience that you can take your nutrition into your own hands. I think that's amazing and something that, you know, I for sure firmly believe in. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially headed into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. You know I love that, getting on those planes. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Taz. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Taz to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy. So once we accept what's happening, yeah, where's the metal and the fire to make change? Yeah. It's in the body. It's in the somatic connection. It's it's returning back to the the deep wisdom and the knowledge that our bodies hold. And so somatics, the word soma comes from the Greek for body or the mm-hmm. body in its wholeness is a translation I've heard recently that I am just loving. 
Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so beautiful? The body and its wholeness. Yeah. We don't trust the body, do we? Yeah. I mean, let's throw Descartes and the church all the way under the bus for that one, right? For mind body dualism. But we don't, we don't believe the body. We don't listen. We're not trained. We're We're not not trained. trained. Even as doctors, quite honestly, it's like, let's go find what's wrong. Right. That's a doctor mentality. Oh, yeah. Not like what the body, what the body's wisdom is trying to tell us because there's generations of wisdom embedded, right. in our cells and mitochondria and everywhere else. So again, saying that is different than tapping into that. How do we tap into that? Yeah. So we start with stillness. We start with slowing things down. We start with mapping our nervous system. So if I tell you, bring yourself into ventral vagus and you're like, cool, cool. I have no idea what that means. What are you talking about? You're absolutely bananas. (laughs) Right. Thank you. I've got to go. Yeah. So we start with what is uh, safest for us to feel, and that's going to be super individual. But some practices that I walk folks through in my workshops and in my programs are about coming into the ventral vagus that others generate for us. And so that can often be easier to connect in with. So think back to when you were first holding your newborn baby, if that was a joyful moment for you, Mm -hmm. or the first time you saw your puppy, Mm -hmm. or the first time you got a Monstera plant and you just, your heart was flooded with joy or holding your abuela's hand, right? A moment that someone or something else generated happiness for you. Right. And so that's easier. You can see from codependent thinking, not thinking we're worthy, not thinking we're valid. It's easier to think someone else creates our feelings. Right. Right. So let's use it. Let's use our skills. Right. Why fight them? It gets us nowhere. Right. Connect in with that and think about that love that was coming towards you. Right. And so start by feeling that in your body. Mm -hmm. And here's where we use pendulation. So pendulation, if we think about a pendulum swinging from extreme to extreme, for some folks who are not used to feeling joy or happiness or peace or calm, their first thought is, well, the other shoe's about to drop and their body goes to sympathetic or dorsal. We stay with grounding in that happiness for a second, maybe two, and come back to neutral, right? So a neutral resource may be feeling your body being held by your chair, feeling your feet on the ground right? Just feeling neutral and present Mm -hmm. and then pendulate back to the joy and back and back and forth and back and forth. And what you're doing in there is if you think of the pendulum swinging, it can swing wider and wider. And so that, if you can visualize that is the window of what the literature calls the window of tolerance. Mm -hmm. It means how much input the nervous system can tolerate and stay in ventral vagus before it pops out into sympathetic or dorsal. Okay. So every time we go and and just visit with a a new sensation and a new feeling and come back to neutral, we're slowly widening that window. Yeah. And when you pendulate, you go from a point of neutral to a point of joy and that you don't go to the negative. Well, we want to, we want to start with resourcing and grounding in in the positive, right? So that folks can get that felt sensation. Um, And so then I would go from externally created happiness to thinking of a moment where you created happiness for you. Who doesn't feel happy when they're holding the hot cup of coffee with cream Mm -hmm. that they made for themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Or a delicious bowl of whatever your favorite is that you made for you. Right. Right. So keeping it again, really quotidian 
really just banal things that are unlikely to activate the nervous system. You know, our medical training, I can never say it won't, right? Right. Everything's hedging your bets. Right. And so from there, once you feel practiced in that, then, you know, and, and usually I'd say with the guidance of a coach, a therapist, a support person, some kind of clinician, then you can head into the darker waters because you know that you are anchored in yourself. Mm-hmm. You're grounded and resourced in your nervous system. And it's okay to go towards sadness, disappointment, frustration. A big one for human socialized as women in this culture is anger. Mm-hmm. We're really taught it's not okay to be angry. Yep. yep. Yeah. And all of that gets stored, you know, the issues in the tissues big time, right. Gets stored in our body is tension patterns. Mm -hmm. And so if it's too much to go towards the thought of being angry, for example, you can go towards the feeling in your body. So for me, anger immediately contracts my body, right. Um, Thinking back to before doing somatic work, it would really contract me. And I'd feel like a boxer in the ring, Right. right. Like I wanted to put my dukes up, right. And defend myself and move on the transverse plane. So how can you move towards that felt sensation, right? How can you take that posture and allow it and be with it and then come back to grounded and then be with it and come back? And then from there, sort of the next step in the work is to go from that contracted posture, that tension that that feeling brings into a more expansive posture, right? Bringing your arms all the way out and finding movement in the sagittal plane. It's almost right. like yoga had this down, right? Oh, yeah. You ground. Yep. You contract, you expand. Yes. All yes. of this. Yeah. Of yoga, all, all the many schools of yoga were right yeah. on. I mean, you know, again, when we're talking about somatics and the need to return to somatic connection as, as an active choice and active practice uh-huh. is white settler colonialism in effect, hmm. right? Mm-hmm before that framework was foisted upon all of us, the community would gather, the the, the yeah. drums would be beaten, yeah. right? The yeah. dancing would happen. Yeah. Emotions would be processed right. in collective, in community. It's not this, you know, bootstrapped, rugged individualist framework right. for healing that completely separates us from our bodies. Yeah. That individualism too is very <sighs> Western. Right. And and more than even Western, I feel like it's very American, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels like that's a very American. Oh yeah. Holistic, you know, you know, I've got to get through this. The community or collective energy is less important. Right. It's just fascinating, fascinating stuff. Yeah. So as we're like navigating our lives and these safe places of stress and codependency. And you've given us some steps to kind of break, hopefully like start to break out of it a little bit. How do we continue that journey? What are some of the like triggers that can bring us back to that place? Or, you know, can we really rewire that, you know, like, especially if someone's grown up with chaos their entire life, you know, then boring, you know, routine feels boring, right? A slow paces, almost anxiety provoking, you know, I mean, so fast and I've been used to moving right. fast when my husband drives slow. It's almost like I have an anxiety attack because yep. this is not, this is not how I function. Right. But oh, a lot yeah. of it's just what's comfortable and safe for me, you know? So, right. so how do we not fall backwards? How do we keep yeah. moving forward? I would start with reframing what has been safe for me. 
Yeah. Right. So there's this Spanish saying that I love, which is you can't kiss the same girl twice. Really? Isn't that beautiful? I mean, because it's impossible. Right. Right. Uh Yeah. In other words, you can't walk through the same river twice. It's the same gist. Right. Right. Uh So when we can start to de-identify with the habits that previously felt safe and were thereby keeping us stuck. Right. And we say that's the past. The present started right now in this millisecond. And from here on, I am going to identify with these new habits that serve me, my life, my relationships so much more, Mm. right? And Mm -hmm. so the move is not from codependent thinking to independent thinking. I think that's to get to your point about that very white American framework, right? to get the move towards interdependence. So interdependence is when we recognize our in our each of our autonomy in any given dyad. You are an autonomous human who can make your own decisions and run and manage your own mind, your own life, your own body, as am I. And we come together to co-create a relationship based in mutuality and reciprocity, mm-hmm. right? We take care of each other right. from love and care and desire, not from obligation. Got it. Right. And so the way we move forward is to begin to see where that's not been the case in your life and to see where you can bring that framework for living in, in your active life. Mm -hmm. So again, that's continuing to listen to those old thoughts. And then, yeah, if your husband's driving slow and you're like, I'm going to murderate you, my nervous system's freaking out. (laughs) Right. Which is so common. My version of it is silence in the middle of a conversation, particularly in the car, my right. children are like, yo, get out of this. This is not safe. We're not okay. Like this is about to get terrible. Yeah. And it's like, it's not yeah. We're like driving home from the grocery store and everyone's just on in their own thing. Right. 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 So that's when we come back to the resource in the body and ask the uh, ground, the body, right. We can use a uh, skill called orienting as well. Uh, We come back into the body, ground ourselves, come home into ourselves, and from there can start to ask questions, can ask the body what's up. Because remember, the mind is just, it's a repository for old narratives and old stories, right? And so it's often going to misguide us. It's going to say things like, well, you know, he's just an idiot for driving this slow. Right. Like, can't he see that we'll get there faster if we go faster? It's physics. Right. Come on, dude. But the body might say, this reminds me of when. Mm. And so, because here's the thing to remember, when we leave ventral vagus, the body, it's it's like the nervous system forgets who, what, when, where we are. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is to be in a trigger, is that your body thinks you're in a different moment. A moment that was, isn't that so fascinating? Interesting. So interesting. Oh my gosh. So fascinating. So how do we continue to talk to our bodies? You've mentioned a lot of things. Yeah. What is it? Orientation. Orientation, pendulation, resourcing. Resourcing. Yeah. Um, Any other tools for us to like reconnect with what the body's telling us? So I quite literally talk to my body out loud. And I do it an awful lot. <laughs> and it really, so, you know, if I'm with someone else, I'm out, I might do it in my head. My partner's used to it at right. this point. <laughs> right. right. But I'll literally say like, 
hey, belly, like I hear you grumbling. I know you're not hungry because I, I fed you an hour and a half ago. And I wonder what you're trying to tell me, mm. right? Mm. Or, um, hey, neck, I feel you tensing up. What are you noticing that I'm not? Mm. And that's a really beautiful question because our nervous systems uh, have a, a beautiful superpower called interoception, mm-hmm. which is the capacity to know what's going on inside of us. They also have exteroception, which is our nervous system constantly scanning the environment to say, that's a lion, that's a tabby cat, that's a cobra, that's a stick in the grass, mm-hmm. right? Safe and unsafe. And so when the, the nervous system picks up unsafe, it's going to send that resonance through your body and create signals for you. In medicine, we call them symptoms. Right. Right. Okay. And so asking the body, what is it that you need me to know? What do you know? What did you pick up on? What did you experience that I didn't? Right. That me as the consciousness, me as the cognitive, you know, the prefrontal cortex, I didn't notice that. Hmm. But you saw what looked like a spider in the corner. You want me to know because you just elevated my heart rate. What's up? Interesting. Wow. So somatics. Yeah. Somatics. Another way of really dialing into what's happening with you internally, right? Yeah. Happening with your with your systems overall. This is so right. fascinating. It's so fun. So fun. Um, we didn't talk about perfectionism. Do you want to like, we can I, talk know about it. I know we're getting close on time, but do you want to yeah. spill the beans on perfectionism? Oh, with great joy. And, and a little note on why somatics matters in relationships. Yeah. We our, our body will respond first, right? And then our brain will kick in with an old narrative. Right. Right. And so from sympathetic, you only have access to certain stories. From dorsal, you only have access to certain stories. So if you walk into the house or in a conversation with a partner, with a child, with a parent, with an employee, an employer, and your nervous system is dysregulated, you can only show up and say the things that that nervous system allows you to. Hmm. So if you're in sympathetic, you, you're more likely to show up angry, argumentative, defensive, worried, anxious, right? You're revved yeah. up. Your yeah. foot's on the gas. You're a Maserati on the Autobahn. Just right. zoom. Right. And from dorsal, you're more likely to say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to go, but yeah, I'll go get dressed yeah. if that's what you want. I mean, it's no, it's fine. I, I really don't want to go out, but I'll, yeah. Okay. I'll go. I'll do that. Okay. Yeah right? We're more likely to step into people pleasing or people displeasing from aggression, Uh right? Where we're less likely to show up as our grounded centered selves. What does ventral look like? Ventral is me in this moment. I think you in this moment, we're just chill. We're co-regulated. We feel safe. We feel social. We're, Mm -hmm. we're happy. I mean, we're two nerds, right? (laughs) Two overeducated women talking about. I'm not a nerd. Wait, why are you not a nerd? (laughs) Oh, okay. Cause I wear nerd like a badge of honor. My daughter's, I have a 14 year old. She's like, mom, you're such, she's like, cool. And she's like, mom, you're such a nerd. I go, I am. I am a nerd. Yay, I, I am it. a nerd. Claim it. <laughs> so, Claim it. Nerds so, unite. Exactly. On my podcast, I, I call 
I call my listeners my my little nerds. Oh, I love it. I love Before it. I launch into science, I go nerd alert. Yeah. And it's yeah. really fun. Yeah, it's that's really my, fun. That's my jam. That's safe. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's safe. You're like, I'm ventral with being a nerd. Thank you very much. Exactly. I am resourced in nerdiness. Yeah. Um, so perfectionism is believing that we are only safe when we are perfect. Mm. Right. So if if we go back to our, our definition of codependent thinking. Codependent thinking is when we source our our wellness, our worth, our validation from everyone and everything outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. instead of from within ourselves. Yeah. It's when our mindset is, if you're not okay, I'm not okay. Right. Right. And I don't trust myself to make me okay. So I need you to be okay so I can feel okay. Right. Yeah. It's we are dependent on the other person for our emotional wellness and thereby our physical wellness, yeah. right? Through yeah. the nervous system. And so part and parcel of that are behavioral habits, right? Mindset habits like perfectionism and people pleasing. Because we need to look constantly perfect, constantly impeccable, mm-hmm. right? No one can find a fault with us mm-hmm. because if they do, it will validate our worst fear, which is that we're not worthy of love. We're not worthy of care, the oxygen we breathe. We're not worthy of having our boundaries heard or respected. We're not worthy of saying what we actually want, mm-hmm. what we dream of in this life. And people pleasing is another um, symptom we could say of that. We got to keep all the people happy all the time. And if the people aren't pleased, oof, that's a real problem because they could think something terrible about us, which we then link to the cobra in the grass and the lion on the savanna. And danger. Then how dangerous is, is this? Woof. That cell phone is super dangerous, darling. Social media and all the perfectionism. All the com- and, totally. And, you know. Compare and despair. Yep. Yep. It's, it's a big, I mean, beyond the dopamine right? We could talk about dopamine for hours and beyond the blue light, right? How many people are going to bed with that blue light shutting down their melatonin and they wonder why they're depressed, right? There's a lots of, you know, there's a lot of other factors there too, but. Oh my goodness. Well, it's just interesting. Uh, You know, I know we're out of time here, but I love, you know, we hear all the time about stress and codependency and perfection, right? Yeah. Talk about it all the time, but we never talk about the wisdom of our own bodies Mm -hmm. trying to help us understand that a lot of those behaviors are comfortable behaviors from another time, another place. And our challenge is to bring us back to this sort of steady state. Yeah. The tools you talked about are incredible. How can folks learn more about this? If they really want to start putting this into action and into practice and doing that work of rewiring, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So you can listen to my podcast. It's called Feminist Wellness and it's for humans of all the many genders. You can follow me on the gram at Victoria Albino Wellness. I give good gram. Um, And you can check out my website at victoriaalbina.com slash superwoman. You can find, yay, just for you and your listeners. I love it. (laughs) It's so fun. So there's a set of meditations. Um, There's a nervous system orienting exercise, which is a tool we didn't get to that is phenomenal. Phenomenal. There's yeah. a boundaries meditation and inner child meditation. They're fabulous. Okay. They're free just for your amazing listeners. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. Over on victoriaalbina.com slash superwoman. I'm actually going to go there right now. Oh, yeah. Go check it out. Why not? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my six month program is where I help people through somatics based coaching to come into more regulation in their nervous system. That's called Anchored. And you can find more info at victoriaalbina.com slash anchored. Wonderful. Well, thank you. This This is so fun. Incredible. I really appreciate it. And for everybody out there watching and listening today, I hope you enjoyed it as much as me. And remember, we are on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review us. And if you've got show ideas, something you're really wanting me to talk about or bring a guest on about, make sure to email me hello at drtaz.com. I will see you guys next time. Take care. 